Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. You can take your seats. No, it is um, a real joy to be here. And um, to be honest, I spoke at our, our uh, Assemblies of God Day yesterday. I was going to say our Wales Day. I'm, I'm there. And, um, and uh, I was just excited about coming to see you because we hear so much about what you're doing uh, in this community and beyond the way that you're growing and what God is doing among you. And, and, and as I was praying about this message, uh, I believe I've got a message for you as a church. I just believe that God is, is, is bringing you into a transitional moment. And it, it actually, you need to be excited about the two services. You really do. But I need to state that that is just the beginning. It's a physical move into a spiritual new reality. And so as you're praying over these next few days, as you're praying, just be leaning into what God is saying to you as a church. And he needs you all involved. And so what I want to bring to you today is from Joshua 3. And and, and just by way of refresher, uh, let's just remind ourselves that the Israelites have been in this place of unbelief and They'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. And we can't imagine what that is like, but through that that place, God brings them out of that. And he puts them on the edge of the Jordan, poised to walk into the promise that God had placed upon them. However, they're facing the Jordan and they're in a moment of of stillness, of what now-ness. And I think for you as a church, you're in that moment of what now-ness. What will God do? We know what God is saying to us, but what will God do? Because you don't know what God will do. You're not even ready for what God will do among you. And let me just explain just a little about the Jordan. Normally, it wouldn't be a great problem to pass over and cross over the Jordan because it was shallow water. Where they crossed at Gilgal to go over to Jericho, it wasn't that big a deal, but... This is what happens that God, he, he calls them in harvest season when the Jordan is over a mile wide long and in raging water. I don't know if you ever ask the question is why does God call us when things are harder? You know, why, why doesn't God call us when things are simpler? He can do that. And this is where we start in Joshua 3. I want you to uh, stand for the word of God if you would. Because this word, I really feel the weight of this word is going to change this church. It says this, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and they went to Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. And then you will know which way to go, since you have never been, church, this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits before you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Amen. Amen. 
Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Havites, Perizzites, Gershonites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan at this point is in full flood stage at harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So... The people crossed over the opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. Say dry ground. Dry ground. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely crossed on dry ground. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. I want to talk to you today. And I believe God is saying to you, church, it's time to get your feet wet. It's time to get your feet wet. And I'm going to bring three what I call lessons that will help you to walk into your future with confidence. And the first thing is this. As a church, you can't walk through your Jordan and hold on to your old position. The Israelites, they are stuck. They're in this impossible situation. And in verse 3, the command was, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, the presence of God, when you see that, and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. The ark, we know, was this holy piece of furniture that represented the presence and the power of their holy God. And when the priests carried the ark, the people moved with the presence of God. And what I've noticed so many times in our own church is God often asks us to move out or shift gears when things aren't pretty on the surface in our reality. You know, why didn't God call them to cross the Jordan when it wasn't in flood? 
Why does he always call us to a difficult situation to overcome it? And often I ask this question and with all the best wisdom I have is, God, why don't you make it easy if you love me? It's just like you, you died for me, but then every next step, there's always a challenge. Why wouldn't God direct me through shallow waters? I want to get my feet wet, but I just want to go through the shallows. I'm not ready for a swim. I don't want to swim. And so many times in my life, I think to myself, God, wrong time, wrong season. I'm not ready. I want us to understand, church, that God's plan for your life as individuals and for you as a church isn't based about around being easy. It really isn't. And if you can make that shift, it is not about making your life easy. It is all about giving God glory. You see, he always calls us at times and seasons in our personal lives and as corporately as a church. He calls us when it's difficult. So on the other side of our Jordan, we can't say, hey, praise me. Praise me. He looks at us and he says, me, God, you not. It's all about him. Your life is all about him. It's not about our preferences. It's not about our ideas. It's not about what we want to do. It's all about what God wants to do in us and through us. God says, if you want to walk into your future, the future that I prepared for you, Beacon Church, before the beginning of time, I prepared it. You have to now begin to move out of your present position and follow the presence of God. You know, so many churches follow what's popular, what's current, what the mega churches are doing. I want to make this clear. You have a unique calling upon you and it's working out through Pastor Sujith and it's a unique calling. And you must listen and walk in the presence of God, not from what you see, what you see all going on around you. It is a unique calling. And for you to go to two services is just step one. You know, I don't know what it's like for you, but your present position might be feeling really secure. You know, when you come in the building, you could come in blind. You could just walk to your seat, your seat. That isn't your seat. That's, that's the, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, the seat that isn't your seat. It's, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, you, you come in and, and everything's familiar. You know who sits where and you know how things are going. You have to move out of your present position in that seat and make room for someone who's not in the room right now. That is what you have to do. You have to change focus. Things are familiar. Things are comfortable. And, and I'm one of them. I like comfort. I like being secure. I don't like anyone wobbling me. But you know what? You know it's not where you want to be right now. You know there's somewhere greater. There's, no, there's somewhere that it feels not as safe. It's not as familiar. But it's where God is beckoning you. And you must step out of your current position and walk in that. You know, you're Jordan. As individuals, it might be an impassable obstacle. 
You see, how you manage this as a person will impact corporately how you manage this debt. And I just want to talk to you, you know, action needs to be taken. We can't sit back as churches and just think God will do it for us. He's, he's preparing you. And even in this prayer and fasting, he's preparing you inside to be able to take hold of what he's got for you. I want to speak to you individually. It's time to move out of a place of doubt. Move out. If that's you, move out. God is bringing you into your inheritance. He's bringing you into a new place and a new space. Move out of your position of fear and your worries of what if and what if not. Move out of that place of the fear of the unknown. Move out. As a church, move out of this position of security in this great building that everything operates as it is. I did say to Sujith this morning, he probably won't thank me for saying this, but I just said, you know, you've got a great building. It's the first time I've been here and you've got a great building, but I just think it's too small. (laughs) Sorry. I know, I know, I know you're thinking two services. I'm thinking knock the building down and build a big new one. That's what I'm thinking. Because we know it can be done. We know it can be done. We do. Oh, and Sue just going, oh, D, I wish I'd invited you. <laughs> but if you really want to take hold of your destiny, church, you've got to move out of your present position and follow the presence of God. And the presence of God takes you to the, to the Jordan when it's in harvest season. And you think, how on earth are we going to get there? And God says, don't worry, I've got a plan. You've got to listen to the plan. You know, at Hope Church, uh, approximately 10 years ago now, I think it's about 10 years, God called us to knock down our building. So I know it can be done. Just saying. And uh, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy. Um, But it was necessary. And our old position, we we were mortgage-free. We had bags of money in the bank account. Uh, we, we could do a lot of things with our building and make it better. But it served the old vision. It didn't serve the new vision. Uh, we were comfortable. Gosh, we were comfortable. It was familiar. But God, he said, it's time to move out of your old position. To be honest, it took us about 10 years to get round to God's way of thinking We were trying every other avenue before we thought, oh, God must be right. (laughs) I'm just being honest. But you know what? The miracles that we experienced wouldn't have happened. The unity that was built among us wouldn't have happened. The, 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 the faith that grew when we were in a, in a harvest time where the floods were raging that came about would never have happened if we'd have stayed in our old position and not risked following the presence. And when I say risk, it's not a risk, but we think it is. Our flesh thinks it's a risk, but God knows it's not. But we have to tune ourselves into what God is saying and not what we're saying to ourselves. You know, you don't have to believe everything you think. You know that, don't you? You know, when I was younger, I used to wake up and I used to think whatever I thought must be right. 
And when then I was born again, I realized most of what I thought was wrong. It's not in line with the word of God. So I had to not bring the word of God in line with me. I had to get in line with the word of God. And when I started aligning myself with the word of God, I I started seeing miracles happen. And that is where you need to be. I've learned about our human nature, you know. It's always easy when it suits us. It's easy when it's exciting for us. And then God says, no, follow my presence. Follow my presence, church. It, it, it's, it's taking you from a, an uncomfortable, a comfortable place to an uncertain place. That's a good place to be. I don't want to say, I, I actually had to write this because I wanted to say it exactly as I felt God say it to me. God wants to take you where you've never been before to take hold of what you've never had before. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do that with you. And then the the second lesson is, which is incredible, um, for you as a church where you are right now, is their summons to move out led them to a clear out. Verse 5 says, God says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. This was this time of cleansing. It was this time of laying down, abstaining from some activities. It was this time of setting themselves apart for God. And, and unbeknown to me, you are in that season right now. I didn't realize this. You're in this season of praying and fasting and, and laying things down and setting things apart for God to hear what he wants to say to you as a church. I really believe you're in a time, your time now of consecration, a time of preparation. He's preparing your heart for crossing over to a sacred place. He wants to prepare you for a spacious land. I don't know what that means to you as a church, but he's bringing you into a spacious place. You know, we moved house a good few years ago, and we had uh, our first house that we bought uh, get, after getting married, we, it was a tiny little house, and we loved this house, but we could never uh, host people. We could never look after people, and we just felt that we wanted a home where anyone could come. If they needed a bed, they could come. And in our old house, we couldn't invite people around for meals because we had no dining room, no dining room table. It was tiny. And we just wanted a place where we could host people. So we decided to uh, venture out in faith to buy this new house, which was out of our league. But God uh, miraculously helped us through that. And that's another story. Uh, but when we started to declutter, and I have to be honest, I'm a, I, my confession of the day is I'm a neat freak. Uh, you know, you, someone says declutter, I'm all over it. And, and, <laughs> and size, <laughs> and so, hey, I'm watching you, I'm watching you. And, and Sai's like, oh no, here she goes again. I say to him, Sai, we need to clear out the garage. The garage is his domain. And he goes, oh no, 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 no. I don't want to touch in anything, but we start to declutter. And you know, you go in your house and you look at all the things that are old that you don't use, that you don't want. Well, we did that, but we also looked to the things that were still of value, but they reminded us of our past. We looked at items that brought up memories of pains and we got rid. Because 
We had to not just declutter physically and make some practical maneuvers physically. We knew that we were making that move. We were making the move to a new house. So what we had to do is mentally prepare for the move, emotionally prepare for the move, spiritually start preparing for the move. It wasn't just, oh, we are going to two services, voila, and you take your old self with you. God wants to take your new self with you, who is going to embrace what he's got for you. That's how it's going to work. As I was packing all these things in boxes that we were keeping, I heard God say to me, you're not just moving to a new house. You're moving to a new level spiritually. And I heard it in my spirit and I said, I believe that. I believe that. As I was packing that same week, I had a text from a friend and he said something very similar. He said, I don't know if you realize this, but this is not just a physical move. It's a spiritual move. Do you realize that? I'd heard God already. So I text back and I said, I know exactly what you mean. I've heard God already on this. And I want to say this to you, church. This is not a physical move. It's a spiritual move. But you need to lean into it. And this is why you're being consecrated right now in your prayer and fasting. Because God is not just looking for you to prepare your mind He's preparing your heart. He's preparing your soul. He's preparing your spirit to embrace the new that God is going to bring. You might walk in this building in the new year and it's the same building, but honestly, it's not the same you. You will see things differently in the atmosphere. You will believe differently. You will believe that God can do immeasurably more than what you ask, dream, or imagine. God is taking you in this new place. He wants to change perceived ideas, wrong past assumptions, unhealthy thought patterns, unrealistic expectations. And the promise of God to you is if you do this, if you consecrate yourself entirely, I will do amazing things among you. I don't know about you, but that excites me. I want to be around here. He better invite me back, not just to speak, just to be in the room with you guys, because I want to see what God is going to do among you in 2024. I want to see it because you're going to be part of it. And the third and final thing is this. If you're going to go through it, you've got to stand in it. If you're going to go through it, you've got to stand in it. God's people, they're facing this huge challenge this mile-wide challenge, or even more, that's just a guess. Two million people. I'm glad you've not got two million people, CJ. But that, let's, let's see, see that as the goal. That's the long goal, right? Amen. Paul, you're a blessing. Blessing to this house. You're a blessing. Yeah. Verse 7. It says this, God says to Joshua, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. God's saying to you, church, carriers of my presence, carriers of my presence, it's time to get your feet wet. Maybe they've been too dry for too long. Maybe you've just been holding back for too long, but it's time to get your feet wet. Your toes have been dry for too long. 
But he's saying, come on, move, step, have the courage, step. Imagine the priests, they're looking at the raging water in harvest season, passing by, passing by, and they go and they stand in the river. And I want you to see this. The Bible says this, he makes it clear. When the priest stepped into the raging river, God stopped the waters. He did stop the waters. But they didn't see it immediately. So they made a step of faith, expecting something, but nothing came. Because the Bible says that he heaped the water up. 20 miles to 30 miles in a, in a town called Adam. So they step out and they're saying, God, we've positioned ourselves, repositioned ourselves, and we're following your presence. God, we've consecrated ourselves, and we're following your presence. You've told us to step our feet in the water, and we've done it. And, well, nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. And verse 16 says, the water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled in a heap a great distance away. But they couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. They didn't know that God was working upstream. They were looking and they were saying, God, I thought you said. You said when we went to double services, we'd have growth and multiplication. You said. But right now, all we're seeing is nothing. All we're seeing is nothing. We're just standing here. And I don't want you to forget, they were carrying the ark. That was roughly about 160 pounds on each corner per person. So they stood in the water with the ark, the presence of God upon their shoulders, and they're waiting, and they're seeing this raging water coming past. If you calculate, approximately now, because we weren't there, I weren't there, not old enough. If you calculate that that water would have, have taken for 20 miles of water to go rushing by, it could have taken from four to eight hours. So when we read this scripture, we think that we, they just stand there and it happens like, and they go, yay. That didn't happen. Because they had to wait. For 20 miles of water to pass by. Church, when you are transitioning into your new day next year, there'll be times when you put your feet in the water and you start to question, is God going to pull through for you? What happened to that promise? What happened to that growth? What happened to that discipleship? What happened to those souls that we felt on our heart that God has promised? And what you've got to do is stand. You've got to stand. And what you've got to make sure, can you imagine they're holding the presence of God for four to eight hours? Nothing's happening. And and I want to encourage you, church, keep standing when you get your feet wet. It's not the time to question. Keep standing. Keep holding on to the presence of God. They never let go of the presence of God. You don't read that, oh, and, and the ark started to topple. 
Or they got nervous and they decided to turn back. Or they didn't, you don't read that they thought, oh God, we must have got this wrong. We'll go back to safer shores. They stood their ground, even though they couldn't see. For you, there'll be so many things that you can't see and you think, I think God promised. Didn't God promise? But I want to say to every one of you, church, you need to stand. You need to stand and wait for the miracle to come past. You know, there's been times in my life when I've acted on faith and I, I know God has spoke to me. And, and I've stepped out and I've got my feet wet. And in those moments, God seemingly didn't come through. And I've had to stand, and in that standing, you start to question. You start to ask if you heard God right. You start to to wonder if God is even with you. Did he even hear you? And as a church, you cannot entertain those kind of conversations. God is speaking. God is moving. And God is doing something really special among you. And you need to learn to stand and still remain in the storm, sensitive to his presence sensitive to what he's saying you know the bible says faith is the substance of what we hope for the evidence of what we do not see and so faith stands strong even when you don't see even when the flood waters are still passing by six hours later Six days later, six months later, you stand and your, your critical answer here is that you hold on to the presence of God until you see dry ground, dry ground. It could have been so easy for them to let go of the presence of God during this time. And church, as I come to close... I want to say to you, no matter how the floodwaters rise as you go into 2024, just hold on to the presence of God. When it doesn't seem like it's turning out as you wanted it to, in those moments, you need to remind yourself dry ground is coming. Dry ground is coming. It might take a few months. It might take a few few years. It might take whatever it is that God's got planned, but dry ground is coming. Verse 17, it says, The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan. How did they do that? Because they stood. They stood. They didn't give up. They didn't quit. While all Israel passed by over 2 million until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. Church, God is preparing you for a season and it's going to be hair raising. You know, when you live by faith, this is how I put it. It's exhilarating and hair raising. That's how I put it. If you are not living by faith, you won't feel exhilarated and you won't feel like your hair is raising. And he's bringing you into this place. He's bringing you into a spacious place, a place where he's going to multiply the efforts of your hands. He's putting an anointing upon your hands. He's putting an anointing upon your lips. And you will become a voice in Bury St. Edmunds. That's what's going to happen to you. 
But you've got to say in your heart, every single one of you who are committed to this house, you've got to come to terms in your heart. I'm not just excited about two services. That's just, in fact, to God, that's the tiniest step. Because he sees the overarching picture over the life of this church. And he's saying, oh, you have no idea what's coming. You have no idea. If you will just step out of your present position, lean into my presence, consecrate. Oh God, help me to be different. Change me. Increase my faith. Increase my expectation. Increase, increase, increase that God would multiply upon this house and do something outrageous among you and bring you into your inheritance. That's what he wants to do. This. He's going to learn. He's going to teach you to learn how to stand before you reach dry land. That's what he's going to do. And so, as Beacon Church, I just want to be in your face for a minute if I've not already. (laughs) Regardless of where you are on your spiritual journey, whether you're new to to the church or you've been here uh, since you came out of the womb, um, if you are really serious and saying, you know what, God, two services is the beginning and I am going to position myself where you want me. I'm going to consecrate my heart and remind myself it's about God and not about me. And if you are convinced that no matter what comes, you will stand until dry land appears, then I'd like you to stand to your feet. If that's you, stand to your feet. If it's not you, don't stand to your feet. Sai's going to stand with us. (laughs) No, it's good. <laughs> well, he's not. We're not in the church, are we? This church, but I want you to raise your hands towards heaven and just say, "God, what is it? What is it? What is, what is it? He needs to do in you, you know? God, God, we give you praise for this house. We thank you, Father, that your Spirit is tangible, manifest among us. We thank you, Lord." for where you're taking them. In these next few months, Lord, we thank you for the steps that they're taking and positioning themselves. But Father, they would be so unique that they would be a church that hear and sense your presence so tangibly that there'll be a church who follow your presence all the way to where you're taking them. That God, you would keep their hearts consecrated unto you that you would move in power within them, that you would bring out manifest and miracle gifts within them, Lord, that when they pray, when they pray, things will happen. When they seek the face of God, things will change. And God, I just speak over everybody here and everybody who's attached to this church, that you would just birth something new within them, birth something new. Oh God, that you would prepare them for something outrageous. That you would prepare them for a spacious place. That you would birth something in their hearts individually to cause them to be able to stand corporately. 
And Father, we give you thanks in advance for the dry land that is coming through every challenge of change that comes. You are the God of dry land. You are the God who makes a way. So God, we we ask that you would move in power again in this house, Lord. Father, we ask for salvation on salvation every week. Salvation every week. Multiplication. People being made into disciples to go out and change the world. Oh, radical, radical salvation. Raise up leaders in this house. Leaders that will make a difference, that will have a voice of influence. Or cause them to understand their identity, their true identity in you. Oh, God. Would you move afresh, Lord, at the end of this year, ready for the beginning of a new year and a new change. Lord, we're just so grateful that you look upon us and you entrust us with some incredible things. And so today, Lord, just pour out your anointing upon all flesh in this room pour out your spirit upon all flesh in this room and we receive we receive everything that you have for us we receive it in the name of Jesus we give you thanks for it in the name of Jesus oh we praise you for it in the name of Jesus 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 let's just begin thanking God for what he's going to do in 2024 God we give you praise Lord we give you praise you are good Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.